we welcome you to the REST podcast. The messages you will hear have been taken from sessions from past REST conferences. We pray that God will use this message to encourage and strengthen you in your walk with the Lord and your ministry for Him. Mark chapter number 6, and we'll read one verse. Mark chapter number 6, good to see Dr. Benny is here, he and his wife. And thank you for, for coming. We're so happy to see you. Uh, Mark chapter number 6 and verse number 30. And the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. Let's pray together. Our Father, we come to you as your servants, so thankful for this opportunity to be together. And we come, Lord, with expectant hearts and eager hearts, because what we truly desire is to meet with you. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would have free course in our hearts and lives in these days. As, as best as we know how, help us to remove the distractions. Help us not to be cumbered about with much serving, but help us to be content to sit at your feet and to learn of you. And I pray that you would help us. I pray, Holy Spirit, you would help me in some small way to be a help to these folks. And may your word minister to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. In verse number 31, the Lord Jesus said, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. We've taken for this meeting a theme, and the theme is rest. And we use that as an acronym, refresh, encourage, strengthen, and train. And we all need seasons of rest. It's just very difficult for us to come apart. Because of all the demands and all of the responsibilities. And, and to be honest with you, it, it, it's a little bit of trouble. Right? And you've gone to it. And I thank you for doing that. But the Lord Jesus here graciously invites his disciples to come apart. What a, what a wonderful, kind invitation. Yes. From a gracious, loving God who recognizes as he looks upon the faces of his disciples that they need rest. And so he graciously invites them to come, he said, ye yourselves apart into a desert Place. He, he looked upon the faces of those men who were his ministers, who were his servants. And of course, we're thankful that God has given us a wonderful privilege. He has uh, given us uh, the great privilege of serving him. He, he has allowed us to pursue the high calling of God. Amen. Aren't you thankful that God chose you? Amen. And that he allows you? To serve him? 
I can't believe the people at the Tabernacle Baptist Church have let me be their pastor. But I sure am thankful they do. I'm thankful for the privilege the Lord has given me, and, and I, I trust that you are as well. And, and the Lord Jesus, as he looked upon those men who were his servants, who were in that high calling, he said to them, come and rest. The word rest means to cease, to be quiet, to refresh, to recover and collect one's strength. I've always, I say always, and sound like the guy down the street says, I've always been saved. But I've had it in my heart for a long time to encourage preachers. I was raised that way. You didn't talk bad about the preacher. You prayed for the preacher. You loved the preacher. You encouraged the preacher. That's the way I was brought up. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, I, I've wanted from my earliest days to honor God's men. And I know the Lord put it in my heart, a desire to, to try to do something to encourage you, to, to give you an opportunity to come apart and, and rest. And so there, we, 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 we certainly do not have any agenda here. I pray that we don't. Uh, we're, we're not here to market anything. Uh, we're not here to find out what stripe you are and to help you get into the stripe that we might be in. We just want to encourage one another. Amen. And we're praying that we can just come apart and sit at the feet of Jesus. Yes, and so he invites them, these disciples, to come and to rest. But the question is, do we have time to do that? Uh, Vance Abner, and you'll, you'll find this in the little booklet that you have. He said, resting for God is as important as working for God. Well, we don't hear that very much, do we? Uh, we often do more by doing less. Come ye apart, said the Lord, and if we don't come apart, we will come apart. And some of us have found that out. He said, God is not interested in our quantity production but in quality. And frazzled workers can easily spoil their message by their manner. Do you ever get frazzled? You ever get frustrated? You ever get aggravated with that church member who just doesn't ever seem to get it? And you just almost want to get in the flesh and say something you probably will regret saying? Or try to impose your will or show your power? and make a mess. That's why we need to come apart. That's why we, we need to rest. That's why we need to, to spend time in the presence of the Lord Jesus. Havner says in another place, resting, uh, uh, he says, excuse me, I read that quote to you, but let me give you another quote from Christopher Ash, who wrote the book Zeal Without Burnout. Ash says, God so often allows his ministers to come to an end of themselves in order that they might begin to be more useful in his service. He allows us to get to that breaking point, that place where we realize we don't possess the ability in ourselves. Where we get to the end of the rope and in desperation, we begin to look to the Lord Jesus. It is estimated, uh, researchers tell us that 1,500 people are leaving pastoral ministry each month due to burnout, conflict, 
and sin. There are a number of statistics about missionaries leaving the field. We have missionaries here, and I'm thankful we have missionaries here. And folks on deputation right now. Uh, People in ministry, staff members and pastors who deal with these things. And we learn that we're but dust, made from the dust, and that we are going to return to the dust. The Bible says this, the outward man perisheth. Our strength, our energy, our talent, our ability, all of that drive and, and that passion, that body that God gave us is perishing. We're but dust. But the good news is in Psalm 103 and verse 14, the Bible said, He, the Lord Jesus, knoweth our frame. He remembereth that we're dust. Aren't you glad to know that? He knows what we're made of. He was there when we were made, right? He made us. He breathed into our nostrils the breath of life. And so he looked upon their faces and he invited them to rest. But what were they going to rest from? Well, I think they were going to come apart and rest from the demands of ministry. Notice in in this passage in chapter number 6, in verse number 7, the Lord Jesus says to his disciples who had been following him, who had been listening to him teach, who had been watching him perform miracle after miracle, Now he says to them something that perhaps uh, got their attention and and scared them quite a bit. Notice in verse 7, he called unto him the twelve, and he began to send them forth two by two. You've been with me, and you've been watching me do this. Now I'm going to send you out, and I want you to preach the message of repentance. He called unto him the twelve, began to send them forth by two and two, and gave them power over unclean spirits. Uh, Notice the Bible tells us in verse number 12, And they went out and preached that men should repent. And they cast out many devils and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. And so he invites them now, after their return, to come apart from the demands of ministry. The Bible tells us here in verse number 31, they had no leisure. There was no opportunity, for there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. Have you ever been there? Hey, Pastor, I need to ask you a question. Brother Carell was on his way here tonight, and he got a call. Somebody had passed away, and they needed him to come and help uh, the family. Uh, those things come up all the time, right? The demands, there seemingly is somebody who has a question or a need, and there's many coming and going, and the demands of ministry can be great. He said, come apart from those demands. Then we see something else we come apart from, and that is self-reliance. Self-reliance. In verse number 8, the Lord Jesus commanded them that they should take nothing for their journey, save a staff only, no script, no bread, no money in their purse, but be shod with sandals and not put on two coats. So he tells them, I'm sending you out, but here's what I want you to understand. Don't take any of your provisions with you. Go and trust me to provide and meet your needs. 
And what we find out is the provisions that we think we need are not necessary for God to use us. And we have to learn to go in faith and trust God that he will provide. And he has proven himself over and over. And so he says, come apart from the demands of ministry. Come apart from self-reliance. And then come apart from the pressures to perform. We all have that pressure, don't we? Whatever area of responsibility you have, whether it be as a pastor or as a missionary, somebody asks you what your support level is, how long have you been on deputation, where are you going? If you're in youth ministry, what size youth group do you have? How many come to your activities? If you work as an outreach person or an assistant pastor, there are all kinds of pressures that we have uh, upon us to perform. I remember when I came here 10 years ago, I had never served as a pastor before. That was probably quite obvious to the people who I was pastoring. (laughs) And we had a Christian school ministry. Our enrollment had decreased 12 straight years. And I'm happy to report under my leadership, it continued to decrease. (laughs) But that's not what I expected. I thought, we got to get this thing turned around. And we've got to get our choir where it needs to be. And we've got to get our church where it needs to be. And I, I remember how much pressure I put on myself going into a deacon's meeting, looking at a finance report. And I thought, i got to have all this in order, or these guys are not going to think, they're going to think I'm not getting the job done. And what they wanted from me was not a good report, but I didn't have enough sense to know that. And then I had pressures that I put on myself, thinking, well, what are people going to think about me, and what are they going to think about our church, and we've got to, you know, we've got to carry the flagship, and we, we've got to be on board, and, and people have to have a think, you know, we've got a great reputation, and, and all of these pressures that we put on ourselves. And man, our attendance, and our Sunday school enrollment, and our Sunday school attendance, and we've got to have this program, and that program, and I've got to keep this sister happy, and this brother happy, and all of these pressures to perform. Hmm. Good. And he said, come apart. Come apart from that pressure. And you know what we find in verse number 14? As they went and as they preached and as they returned to Jesus. The Bible tells us something very interesting. And King Herod heard of him. For his name was spread abroad. You know what our our mission is? It's just simply to spread abroad his name. All this foolish pressure that we maybe allow people to put on us, all this foolish pressure that we put on ourselves, and we miss the point. It it, it is not that people will think we're anything because we are nothing. Paul said, I am the chief of sinners. And I want to say, no, 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 I am. And, And I hope you got to the place where you say, no, 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 I am. 
And we learned that where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. God is so gracious and kind to us to allow us to serve Him. And to think that He would use us as broken as we are, as frail as we are, that He would use us. And here we, we lay upon ourselves or we maybe even allow others to put this pressure on us thinking that we have to do this and do this to make everybody happy and we forget who it's really all about. It's only about Him. Amen. And is He happy? Is He pleased? And the thing He's called us to do is to make His name spread abroad. Everybody in Hickory doesn't have to know about Tabernacle Baptist Church and Scott Hooks, but they need to hear about Jesus. They need to hear about Jesus. So I've got a job to do. It's to make Him known. And I imagine that as they went into this area uh, that was known for resistance and unbelief, and the Lord upbraids uh, these towns and villages and says the unbelief is great there. As they went in there and as they looked at their successes and mostly at their failures, there's one thing they didn't realize. They did make the name of Jesus go abroad. And Herod heard of him. He heard of him. Oh, that God would help us to make him known. That's what we're here to do. Not to make ourselves known. You're talking about pressure. Not to be a celebrity. Not to be on the board or one of the conference speakers. But just to serve the Lord and make His name known abroad. Havner says in that little booklet you have, he says, Samuel Rutherford... Robert Murray McShane, John Bunyan would be brushed aside today by church workers headed for another committee meeting. He said whether or not they whittled, he's got an interesting little chapter on that. You remember the guys that used to sit around and whittle back in the day? You don't see that anymore, do you? He said whether or not they whittled, I cannot say, but they took time out and lost no time in so doing. What a great statement. They took time out and lost no time in so doing. They would win no prizes today in our modern church efficiency program, but they knew God. Well, that's the key, isn't it? And then come apart from the unbelief of a hardened world. Notice in verse 10, he said unto them, in what place soever ye enter into an house, there abide till ye depart from that place. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear you, when ye depart thence, shake off the dust under your feet for a testimony against them. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Here's what we find. We find that the unbelief and the hardness of heart was more common than the belief. And sometimes if we're not careful, and if I'm not careful, I only think about the people who won't receive the message and who won't get on board and who won't serve and who won't sing when the hymns are being sung and who won't be there for the special meetings. And I lose sight of all that God is doing. And if we're not careful, we think we're just in a place where nobody's responding. But he's inviting them to come apart 
from the unbelief of a hardened world. Here's another thing. He's inviting them to come apart from the disappointment of bad news. John the Baptist is beheaded. Who? John the Baptist. I mean, he's the top guy. He's the forerunner. If anybody's going to have success and things are going to go well, it's going to be John. Wait a minute. John was beheaded because of the lust of a perverted king and the foolish fancies of a bitter woman. That's what happened. Disappointing news. And we get that, don't we? And sometimes we think that's the only news there is to come. But he said, you, you come apart and, and you rest a while. Now I'm going to give you three things really quick. We're invited to come apart. That's number one. We're invited. And how do we do that? Well, we need sleep. I found out you need sleep. A couple of years ago, we had some things happen in our church, and it adversely affected me. I had a doctor look at me and say, you have sleep apnea. I'd gained about 40 pounds. And he said, you've got to sleep. You're not sleeping. And the sleep apnea made the weight gain worse, and the weight gain made the sleep apnea worse. And then he looked at me and he says, you're depressed, and I need to give you some medicine. I found out you've got to sleep at night. And I'm going to tell you how you and I can sleep, because the God of Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. And he gives his beloved rest. And we need sleep. We've got to recharge. Hey, we need Sabbaths, and Brother Paul is going to talk to you about that. We need time off. We need distractions. We need to do some things. I, I, I've, I have lived under this self-imposed guilt that I can't do anything fun or do anything away from the work. And I found out that's not the way to go. Spurgeon said, The bow cannot be always bent without fear of breaking. Repose is as needful to the mind as sleep to the body. Rest time is no waste time. It is economy to gather fresh strength. It is wisdom to take occasional furlough. In the long run, we shall do more by sometimes doing less. So we need sleep. We need Sabbath. We need solitude. He said, come apart into a desert place. Get alone with God. Away from the hustle and bustle. Away from the cell phone. Boy, i got a problem with that. I'm going to admit that to you. If anybody's addicted to technology, it's not the teenagers in the church. It's the pastor of the church. <laughs> my wife knows it's true. I'm going to read my Bible on my iPad while I get 55 notifications and text messages. How much, how much Bible reading do you think I'm getting done? We've got to unplug. I'm preaching to myself. And we have to get away into a desert place, a quiet place, a place of solitude. What an invitation the Lord Jesus gives us. We're invited to come apart. Let me give you the second thing. We're invited to come apart together. Come ye yourselves apart. In other words, he's speaking to his disciples. He said, I need you guys, you, this group right here that's serving me. 
this group who is, who, who is facing the demands of ministry, I want you to come together apart unto me. Boy, there's something about us being together, isn't there? You know, we need friends. And Brother Lewis is going to speak to us on that. But God said that to us in Genesis 2 and verse 18 when he said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. We need human companionship. We need friendship. We need fellowship with one another, especially in the work of the Lord. Brother Paul has shared this verse a minute ago, Proverbs 27 and verse 17. Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. We need each other. Preachers' fellowships and preachers' meetings. And I know, I know some of the turnoffs to those things, but we need one another, especially in the day and hour in which we live. We need one another. And we can help each other. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Hey, I need to think about you and you need to think about me. I need Brother Mims. I need Brother Correll. I need Brother Steins. I, I need these guys. I need Bill Sturm. These all, guys, all these gentlemen I'm, I'm calling out their names. They serve right here in our area. We need each other. Yes, sir. Yes. We need one another. We need to be friends. We're not in competition. We're brothers. We serve the same Lord. Amen. And so we need to help one another. We can come apart together. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. I know he's speaking about the, te- the, the, the local New Testament church, but there's a principle here for us all that it's good for us to be together. And we need to leave all the mess at the door and not bring that with us. We're not in competition. And we're not here to judge one another. Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master, he stands or falls. That's not our business. That's his business. Let's encourage one another. And let me say this. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse number 3, Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. You know, the greatest companion I have on this earth is my wife. And the greatest companion you have is that spouse who is there with you. And I am to render unto my wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife to the husband. The wife hath not power over her own body, but the husband. And likewise also the husband hath not power of his own body, but the wife. Defraud ye not one the other, except it be with consent for a time, that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer, and come together again, that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. What the devil wants to do is divide husband and wife. And in the demands of ministry, that sometimes becomes easy to happen because often our most significant companion becomes our most neglected companion. Well, I got to take care of brother so-and-so and I got to take care of sister so-and-so and I have this problem and that problem and there's no time for husband and wife and my wife is sitting back there and she knows her husband's guilty. But we have to be careful. We have to be watchful. We need that fellowship and that companionship. We are invited to come apart together. Let me give you the last thing. We're invited to come apart unto Christ. 
what we need is inward renewal. The outward man perisheth, but the inward man is renewed day by day. Havner said, Brainerd knew God, and to know God through Christ is the supreme privilege of every soul. Anyone can know God and walk with him day by day. It is not the peculiar right of ascetics and cloistered saints who have nothing else to do. We think about Martha, you know, she was busy, right? You and I are busy, right? Martha, she's serving. She's getting a job done. She's doing this for Jesus. Well, we think about Mary. She's the one Havner refers to here maybe as the ascetic or the cloistered saint who has nothing else to do but just sit there with a dreamy, fanciful look on her face at the feet of Jesus. But Martha could have sat at his feet and so can we. And if we don't, we're going to get frustrated. You know, Martha got the wrong attitude. She said, Lord, don't you care? Mary has left me. She got the wrong attitude. Sometimes we get the wrong attitude, don't we? Let me tell you something about Mary. The Bible says that the Lord Jesus said, she hath wrought a good work. And wherever this gospel is preached, this is going to be told about her. The work that she did. And the reason she wrought that good work is because she spent time sitting at his feet. And of all the disciples and all those who listened to him, apparently she's the only one who got it. She's going to anoint him for his burial. Because she spent time at the feet of Jesus. Thank you for listening. We hope that the Lord has used this message to speak to you. The REST Conference is a meeting designed to encourage and strengthen pastors, missionaries, evangelists, and their wives, along with other Christian workers serving the Lord in their local churches. REST 2020 is scheduled for September 7th through 9th at the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. We hope that you and your spouse will make plans to join us. For more information about REST, go to our website, therestconference.com.